Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. That's what I'm talking about. You guys were just singing like crazy. I could tell you're excited. And stop now. People are like, man, can you really get that excited at church? Why not? All right, man, we got the news, man. We got the truth, man. I mean, if I can go to, like, you know, a KISS concert and freak out, or you're like, I just, like, KISS, who are that? Right? All right? So, you know what I mean? And then, then, why, then why in the world am I not freaking out, all right, in the presence of an almighty God who actually loves me, all right, who knows me, all right, who is leading me? Praise the Lord, man. I love what Pastor Blake just got through praying right now. He just said, we ain't here to pretend, basically. Right? We ain't here to come up and just fake it until we make it. We're not here to pretend. All right? We're not here to act like everything is everything, man. We're just, we're just here, man, to just be real before God and allow God to be real in us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to begin by thanking so many of you, all right, for your prayers and your concerns of what's been taking place with my family. All right? I really, really appreciate that. Uh, healing is just happening faster than we actually expected it to happen. And it's really, really cool. Really, really crazy. Thank you so much for that and your support. Continued prayers for a quick and speedy healing is, is really, really helpful. And, uh, and so thank you so much, man. But like I said, man, we're not here to pretend. Let me ask you this. Is anyone of you anyone here, does, does anyone here, it may not be very many, I get it, but does anyone here ever feel like you're just getting overwhelmed? <laughs> All right? Does anybody here feel like there's just too many things that need to get done? All right? Anybody here, does anybody here feel like your, your to-do list is just uh, never ending? All right? Does anybody here ever feel like you've just committed, maybe even overcommitted uh, to much of this thing called life? All right? And things that are going on. Do you ever feel like there's just no way? If you ever, you ever look at all the things you got to get done, whether at work, at home, in your family, or out in the community, you ever look at all your list of things to do and realize there's just no way you're going to be able to handle this? You ever, anybody here? Anybody here, man? But, but, but let me ask you this. Do you ever feel, do you ever look at your list and feel, man, if I don't get this stuff done, nobody's going to do it, right? You ever look at your list, man, and think that, you know what? If I don't get these things done, the whole world is going to fall apart. You ever feel like that? I got news for you. It already did. You remember that one time last year when the world fell apart? Remember? And it's still trying to fall apart constantly, constantly, constantly. You remember that? All right. Guess what? You're still here. Not only are you still here, so is all your stuff that you got to do, right? It's still here too. So now what? Right? What is the antidote for all of this, man? What is the antidote to all this craziness, all right, that we have in front of us, right? I'm here to tell you that God created a cure, amen? Man, you're not going to believe me when I tell you the cure. You're not going to, well, um, God give us there, there, there is an antidote. There was a cure, all right? There was something that we can, all right, pursue and apprehend. And if I tell you, you're going to be like, ah, oh, man, no, 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 it's way too simple. All right, but, but, but here's what I know about all of us. When we're all caught up in our lists, in our stuff, in the things that aren't done at work, and we walk away from our, our work day, our weekend, for, for our weekend, we're glad it's the weekend, but we know there's so many things that didn't get done when we are looking at the things that are happening around our home and in our family, all right, and we're just trying to attack one thing after another and after another and after another, we know, each of us know that something is missing in all of our busyness, right? Like I said, you're not gonna believe me. When I tell you 
But each of us know, man, that when we're, when we're just so busy that something's missing, that we were not created, all right, to live life constantly out of breath. So what's missing? What's missing, man? What, what, what is the cure that God gave us? It's rest. It's rest. Now, I'm not just talking about a break. I'm not just talking about, man, you need to take a break. You need to go out and have a cigarette. I'm not talking about that, all right? I'm not, I'm not talking about that, man. I'm talking about the kind of rest that is restorative, that where, where restoration actually happens, where we start to recognize that, yes, we are getting worn out. We're not running on all cylinders, all right? We're not even making the best decisions right now because we're just kind of too tired to even think. The kind of restoration that I believe God promises if you just slow down. Say slow down. Okay, now tell yourself, slow down, man. <laughs> slow down. And you're telling me, dude, you need to slow down right now, right? You're looking at me and saying, slow down, bro. <laughs> because here's what I know. I may or may not have this up here. I kind of gave this uh, to our girl back here at the wrong time, kind of late. Is that though, that though, though there will always be more to do, Oh, she nails it, man. Boom. Props. I just gave that to her like 10 minutes ago. All right. <laughs> Though there will always be more to do, only true biblical rest will assure you of what needs to be done. And I'm not talking about a vacation. A mere vacation can't do, can't restore what needs to be restored. Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not slamming vacations. I love a good vacation. Well, I remember Debbie and I, we've gone on plenty of vacations. One vacation, we're actually swimming and there's barracudas in the water. Woo, that's talking about an adrenaline rush, all right? I almost got taken away by some terrorist fish, all right? These big old grouper fish, and they just kind of came after me. They were all crazy looking, you know, had these turbines. They're like, I don't know, it was pretty nuts. Anyways, I almost got kind of apprehended by these guys, all right? That was kind of crazy. One time we're out swimming and we're, we're actually swimming near some old Mayan ruins. That was insane. All right. Loved every bit of these vacations. All right. You know, we, we take our kids and our grandkids to these theme parks. All right. And we have a blast, but, but you know what? It doesn't give me the kind of restoration. All right. That I am looking for, that I am needing. All right. Because, you know, let me ask you this. Does any of you ever come home from vacation and you kind of need a vacation from your vacation? Anybody? All right, who here actually comes home a day or two early from your vacation? Anybody? Okay, usually it's us older people because <laughs> we're wiser <laughs> because they're here. Some of you here just ride the vacation out to the last few hours, right? It's like Sunday night, one o'clock in the morning and you're getting home because you got to be at work, you know what I mean? But you just had a great time, right? You roll into work and you're like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I just need a break. You're like, dude, you just had a break. No, it wasn't a break. <laughs> It was a vacation, all right, right? Now, I'm talking about this kind of rest that I'm talking about is this restorative rest. I'm talking about where you stop from, from all you're doing and take time to focus, check this word out, with God. You take time to focus with God, not focus on God. You're not putting him on a microscope and saying, okay, I'm gonna focus on God for a little while, all right? No, you're gonna focus with God on what's been happening, what is happening, and what's gonna happen. And you're allowing yourself to rediscover that God is focused on you. This kind of rest. 
is the kind of rest where three, I believe, three things need to take place. Three things need to take place in this kind of rest. Some people call it, uh, you know, you'll, you'll look at it and you'll refer to maybe a Sabbath rest, uh, or, you know, but, but, you know, there's a bunch of confusion as you go through Old Testament and New Testament teachings on Sabbath rest, but there is this restorative rest at the bottom line that needs to take place. And you ask yourself, well, what takes place in this rest? Because it, it's, it's not... <laughs> That's not the restorative rest, all right? That's not what I'm talking about. This kind of restorative rest requires three, I think, major components, and, and, and they're, this, they're, they're the reflection, connection, and projection. Reflection, and it requires reflection, taking a good look at, at what God has done before you, what he's, what he's done around you, and what he's even already done through you. Connection, all right? Connecting with him in the moment, this worshipful connection that, that's unmixed and unreserved, connecting with him in the moment, reflecting on what has been taking place on yesterday, the day before, and what, is, what, is, what got you to where you're at, what you've done, what's going on, connecting in the moment with God, and then projecting, all right, prayerfully imagining, prayerfully imagining where he's going with all of this and determining to go with them at all costs, no matter what. This is where restoration happens. This is the time and the space God is wanting to lead you to. These are those green pastures and those still waters where he wants to lead you to and restore your soul. This is that listening space, right, that needs to be cultivated on the inside before it can be created on the outside. This is where we ask the big question, God, what is it that you want me to hear? Now, I was challenged. Well, we've been all over the map as we've been preparing for this, this, this sermon today. Our sermon prep team, we've been going through all kinds of different scriptures and looking and, and, and just, I, you know, Last night as I was praying through all this, I was asking God, okay, I just don't see how, and he, he you know, how am I going to lead these through all this stuff without just kind of going through all kinds of up and down situations throughout the scriptures? And he led me to ask the question, well, when's the last time you took this restorative rest? And it was just this Friday. It was the day before yesterday. And that's my day. Friday morning is when I try to just, you know, Debbie and I, we just, that's that morning. We're not, there's not a big, there's not, the to-do list is just set aside. All my work responsibilities, I'm not even paying attention to. All right, I'm just going to spend that time with God in, in, in reflection, connection, and projection. And he just said, well, whoa, 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 where, where did you go through? And he led me basically back to this area in Joshua. And you're going to say, how does this scripture, because I'm going to share the scripture with you. And you're like, how does it fit? And, um, um, Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Sure did fit for me. So, you know, if it doesn't fit for you, well, too bad. All right? So, um, anyways, <laughs> he led me back to Joshua and to the story of a people group that God was, was continually leading to uh, this place of, of, of rest and work and rest. But they had to fight for it. You see, God said, I give you this, this, this territory. I give you this land, all right? Yeah, but the enemy is inhabiting it right now. 
So right now, God said, I want you to, I want you to take some time to rest, but recognize that the enemy is inhabiting, you know, your potential rest right now, and you're going to have to fight for it. Because as I'm sharing this with you, one of the things that are going through your mind is that I don't have time to rest. I'm telling you, you're losing time by not resting. And God says, look, I want to give you this place, but you got to go take it. And Joshua was a warrior. He said, let's do this. If you're leading the way, I'm following. And they went. And they fought. And they conquered. And they messed up. And they came back a little bit. And they went forward again as they followed God more and more. And they got to this place at the end of the book of Joshua, chapter 24, where they've already, they've taken the land that God said was theirs. And it was time to go and rest. They worked, they grinded really, really hard as they got to this place. And in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, God led me this, this Friday and actually considering this idea of reflection, of connection, and of projection. Father, we give you the praise. This is your word, Lord God, and I'm Praying in the mighty name of Christ Jesus, Lord God, that you would just break down our walls, Lord God, as your Holy Spirit would fall fresh upon us as we read your word for your glory. In Jesus' name. Joshua 24, verse 14 says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. <coughs> In faithfulness, put away the gods uh, that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. He, he begins with this, now therefore. Now, when you see a therefore in the Bible, you've probably heard this before. Whenever you come across a therefore, ask, what is that therefore? All right? And it'll lead you to maybe what was before that and led up to that point. And if you go back to the beginning of chapter 24, you see that Joshua gathers all the people there. All right? All the people, all the leaders of Israel. And he shares this, the therefore. He shares, he shares, he says, let the Lord wanted to remind you of everything he did to get you here how you weren't a people and then you became a people, all right? How, how you didn't have, uh, you know, an identity and then I gave you this identity. How you didn't have a home and I gave you a home. How you didn't have strength and I strengthened you to fight. How you didn't have peace and I led you into my peace. He says, now, 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 now therefore, and when I see that, man, I look at that and that is basically a reflection, basically reflection, taking a look at what God has done before you, before you got here, around you in the recent past and through you just, just in the recent past. And when I look at that, I got to ask myself a couple of questions and I think you need to ask yourself a couple of questions too. Like, like what has God done before I got here? You ever think about that question? Like before I got here on the scene, man, before I started breathing air, what has God already done? You see, there was a history that didn't include you until you got here. You remember that one? It's that time before you. And it's always good to reflect on, on what God has done and how even his church has become his church in this day and age. 
and how we have arrived on the scene. And then that, I, I want you to ask this other question. What, what does God need to remind you of? What are some things that you just forgot? We, we have a tendency to, 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 to I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember Janet Jackson. She had a song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? I don't know if you remember that song. Anybody? We have a, we have a tendency to roll like that with our theme, as our theme song when we're talking to God. Like, I know you do a bunch of things, but what have you done for me lately? No, 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 man. We need to be reminded of what he's already done. Why it is that we're even here. And in that, we take a look and ask the question, what is, what is our now therefore? What is, what is the thing that I need to be reminded of? What is the let me remind you what God has done? What helps me right here, all right? Because there'll be times where I'm just so overwhelmed of what is taking place now that what he did before really doesn't seem to have any strength in it. And I have to be reminded of the ultimate strength of the past, and that is the cross and the, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, without, without the cross, without being reminded constantly, without being remembering, without being centered, all right, in the, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of my great God and King, Jesus Christ, God who came in the flesh, all right, who, who lived, who did many miracles, who, who did all kinds of, who taught just really, really cool stuff, and who gave his life, for your sins and my sins, sins that haven't even showed up yet. He killed them off on a cross to where we could have the testimony, death, you got nothing on me no more. When you can't threaten a person with death, you got nothing left to threaten them with. All right? Death, okay, what else you got? And he rose again to prove it. And he gave me his Holy Spirit. And he gave you who believe his Holy Spirit, you who trust his Holy Spirit to live for his glory. Now, when I am reminded of that, that right there, homie, that's my song right there. And I will sing that song forever. You said that was yesterday. Well, because of that yesterday is the reason you got a today. You understand? So we got to be reminded, we got to reflect, taking a look at what God has done before you, what he's doing around you, and what he's doing through you. Let's make it a little bit more personal. I got some questions for you, man. You can even think about these when you're sitting in this time of restoration and allowing God to restore you. You got nothing on the table. You got nothing that you got to go do. Maybe there are a lot of things you got to do, but you have chosen to do this one thing. Sit before the feet of Jesus. Ask these questions and listen. While you're sitting there, you want to make it personal. Ask the question, what can you identify that you know God has done through you? What can you identify that you know that God has done through you, through your faith, through your trust, through your life? Identify those things for his glory, not yours. Another question is, what of your work can you look back on and say, that was good because that was God? What of your work can you look back on and say, that was good because that was God? Because when, on the seventh day when God rested, he had finished his work on the sixth day. He looked back and said, that was good. That's what God said. I'm going to kick it. 
He didn't need a rest, but he was kind of setting by a moral authority of being able to challenge us to rest. Take a break. Relax in the arms of God. Recognize that Jesus Christ did all the work. We only need to trust him now and live in that trust. Here's what I do know. No matter where you work, if you're working at Circle K, working at a hotel, selling insurance, selling houses, working construction, I don't care what you're doing. Wherever you work, if you're his, he's there to make an impact through you. You know that? Wherever you work, whether you're at home, whether you're working as a teacher, whether you're, you're volunteering in your neighborhood, wherever you work, if you're his, he's there at your work to make an impact through your work, through you and your work. Making time to reflect will always, all right, I'll always set the tone to connect because we need to reflect, but we need to connect, all right? Connection is connecting with him in the moment. It's basically a worshipful connection that is unmixed and unreserved. Again, remember what we said, though there will always be more to do, only true biblical rest will assure you of what needs to be done, all right? And so in that, we connect, and I'll put that up there for you one more time. Connection, let me, let me just kind of give that to you again. I was pretty quick with that. Connecting with him in the moment. In the moment. All right, and this is a worshipful connection. It's not just opening your Bible and kind of thinking, I better read this. Saying a prayer that you say often or whatever and repeat. It's not, it's connecting with him in the moment, worshipfully. It's unmixed and unreserved. I know this because in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, let's go back to that verse. He says, now, therefore, now, right now, because of what, remember, because of yesterday, because of what he's already done, because of all that, bring it right back to the present. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, all right? Respect, revere, awe, be in awe of the only one who is worthy of being in awe of and serve him. Bow your heart before him. Bow your mind before him. Don't just bow a knee. That's important. But if you're going to bow a knee, make sure it's your heart that's leading the bow and your mind that is leading the bow. And worship him in sincerity. He says now. He's talking about the moment. The right now. Do you ever feel like you're just so far ahead of yourself that the moment is nowhere in sight? There's so many things, man. You're just looking at what needs to get done, what needs to get done, what needs to get done. You're thinking so far into the future that the moment is just completely lost. This is why connection is important. And I believe this, and I think I'll put this up there. Maybe that's because there's more life to live than you're actually allowing yourself to live. more air to breathe, but you're refusing to breathe it in. You're like, that sounds very poetic. What does that even mean? I'm telling you, this is where worship begins. This is where our worship begins. When, 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 when everything else starts to shut down and he 
you see is, is risen up. When you realize that the God who created all things and still gave his life for you is right here with you in the moment, in the right now of all things. That God isn't waiting over there way ahead in the future, tapping his foot going, man, can you please hurry up? No. He is the one who's led you beside the still waters, who's led you beside the green pastures, who wants to restore your soul right there with just you, with just you and him. This is where that worship begins. Right there in that rest. He breathes out as we connect with him in his word. Although what Pastor Justin said a couple of weeks ago, he says, he said that when we get into the word, honestly, we start to realize that the word is actually for you because God is for you. He breathes out and we breathe them in. And that's where we hear. And that's where we start to understand the day with all its complexities, with all its craziness, with all its complications and with all its temptations and with all its come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry ups. This is where the, the fog actually starts to clear. And we no longer need to breathe into a bag to stay calm. <laughs> right? But we get that clarity. And we're able to see what we really need to see right there into the moment. I love looking at stories of history of men and women of the faith throughout history. And I was reading the story of uh, Wilbur Wilberforce, or William Wilberforce. Back in the early 1800s, uh, he was a member of parliament in the UK. And um, he's really, really famous for knowing, being known to... Uh, to establish a law and pass through a law um, that, uh, that outlawed uh, slavery in the UK back in the 1800s. This guy was all over this, all right? Over there in, in, in and, and it, it was a huge endeavor. It took him about 20 years to put together, all right, to commission, all right, this, this, this team, all right, uh, that, that, that would eventually pass, of lawmakers that would eventually pass this law. But you know, it almost didn't happen. Because, because a few years earlier than this, I think it was around in the real early 1800s, uh, uh, a new prime minister, his name was Lord Addington, was putting together a cabinet. All right? Uh, and, and, and the primary issue in that day, all right, was, um, was peace because Napoleon was just terrorizing Europe at this point. And Wilberforce, seeing what was going on and recognizing that England's main concern was right now was, was do, we, do we engage in war or do we not engage in war? Wilberforce was all over this. He was like, I want to be a part of this cabinet. I want to be a part of this team. And he was just loaded down with this ambition and, and just this craziness of what was happening. This is a man of God, all right? And um, a guy named uh, Garth... Uh, uh, Garth, all right, let's call him Garth. I forgot his last name, all right? But he wrote a biography for Wilberforce and he said it didn't take long for Wilberforce to become preoccupied with the possibilities of the appointment. For, for days, it grabbed his conscious mind, forcing aside everything else. You ever have this happen, all right? And by his own admission, his, he had risings of ambition and it was crippling his soul. Garth Lean, there is his name. I knew I had his name down there someplace. 
You see, but, and then he, he, he writes later on, but, but Sunday came. Sunday for Wilberforce brought the cure. This regular time in his life where he chose to rest and be restored and to allow God to lead him to reflect, to connect, and to project. Wilberforce wrote this in his own journal. I'll put this up there. He said, blessed be to God, this is back in the 1800s, for the day of rest and religious occupation wherein earthly things assume their true size and ambition is stunted. It's where we realize that the right now, that right now connecting with him is what matters more than anything. And if we would connect in him with that way, it'll start to clear the fog. It starts to prepare the way. And this is what matters most, this connection. Where he helps us to see the moment and our place in it. I love how Pastor Chad was preaching last week and he, he shared as he was talking about just prayer and the importance of prayer and, and just basically in, on what gets in our way and what hinders our way in prayer. But I love the, there's this illustration he gave us uh, when he said of a fisherman you know, casting his line to the hook to the side and pulling, it, pulling his line. And he says, I'm not pulling the shore to me, I'm pulling myself to the shore. And he, he, he kind of illustrated that to prayer where he said that, you know what, when we pray, we're, you know, so many times we're thinking we're pulling God closer to us. But when we take this time of restorative rest, we recognize that we need to be pulled closer to God because we've kind of got off the shore a little bit. And here's what I know, man. Ambition rises the task master of things to do content, continuously, continuously is cracking his whip, coming after us. And though there will always be more to do, only true biblical rest will assure you of what needs to be done. So awesome that Wilberforce took that time to connect with God to reflect on all the things that he's done and project into where he was to be led into the future. Projection is that prayerful imagining of where God is going with all this and determining to go with him no matter what. Joshua chapter 24, 15, one of the most popular verses in Christian world in the Bible he, Joshua challenges them and says, well, if it's evil in your sight to serve the Lord, choose today who you're gonna serve today and tomorrow. Whether the gods of your fathers who serve the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites who, in, who's, in, who's your, whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Not just today, but tomorrow and the next day. Wherever he's going, we're going to. That's where we're going. This is a commitment to a Christ-centered tomorrow. This is our commitment saying, you know what? I, you know, even though things may have not been good in the recent past, even though things don't look good today, I am not giving up. 
I'm following him. And I'm committed. He has me. I'm all his. You have to decide that no matter how good today is, how bad yesterday was, or, how, or whatever the case may be, that today your life will still be his for his glory. So many people, and I appreciate all their concern, all their love, and our family has just loved all the, just all the care and support and the prayers that have been lavished on us. But we keep hearing this question. How are you guys, how do you have peace in all this? I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about. There are some traumatic events that took place in our family. I'll just leave it there. That would cause anybody here to freak out, right? And it did cause us to freak out. But people are asking, like, how, how are you handling this? How do you have peace in this situation? Why are you not just, you know, demanding whatever? And I got to tell them because we're assured of the presence of God. We're assured of the love of God. We're assured of the leadership of God. And they say, well, how? Because wouldn't, how would things like, how do these bad things, you know, because we choose daily. I choose daily to rest in him. Daily and weekly rest that allows me to reflect on what he's done so far. To connect with him right here in the moment, right here, right now. To worship him right here, right now. Not because of anything else, but simply because of who he is. And to project that understanding and that trust in leading me and leading us into a potentially unknown tomorrow. Now you've heard it before. I may not know all that tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. Actually know him personally. We're on a first name basis. Pretty cool. So what do I want you guys to do about all this? Isn't it obvious? Slow down. Slow down. Say slow down. slow down. Slow it down, man. Slow down. Schedule time to make this happen. My day off is Friday. This may be a Sunday thing for you, like it was for Wilberforce. People are like, why aren't you taking Sabbath rest on Sunday? Does this look restful to you? Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. All right, all of us here, we work, we're just serving and how God, and so we, we find another time for that. And you need to find the time that it works into the rhythm of your life. And it may not be a full day. For me, it's, right now, it's, just, it's, it's a morning block. Friday morning till whenever. For Debbie, same thing, morning block. It's our time. And we find moments of Sabbath rest and other moments, yes, but we take advantage of much, as much as we can every morning in that centering place. But you need to find that time, man. You need to slow down, schedule that time. 
I, I came across a prayer that a pastor, Greg Rochelle, prayed to his church. He, he led his church and he challenged them with this little prayer. And I think it's a great prayer. And I like, I'm just going to put it in front of you and see what you think. All right, it's a simple prayer. And it might help lead you to that place. And here it is. I'll put it up there. It is simply this. God, help me to walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and love people deeply. God, help me to walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. Come on, let's pray that together. God, help me to walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. Okay, now I'd like you to do it a little slower, please, okay? Because you guys just rushed that right on me. I said, God, I was breathing. You're like already, boom, to the third, almost to the end. <laughs> Slowly with me, all right? God, help me to walk slowly, enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. I was like, and take that home. Um, and just challenge yourself with that this week and pursue that place because we know this, though there will always be more to do, only true biblical rest will assure you of what needs to be done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 